Okay, Michaela, you got me in the last episode with the crying at the movies thing. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Uh-oh. you a question. Seat up or seat down? I'll seat down. Yeah. It wasn't that big a deal, was it? I really built that up. <laughs> oh, that's easy. <laughs> seat down. Because you can do better than that. Come on. No. And you? I was thinking of another question. Um, I'm seat down. I actually, I like to put the seat down as well. So I'm really keeping with the feminine theme from crying at the movies, aren't I? You're not doing yourself any favours. I've just lost the respect of the entire male listening audience, haven't I? Looking for a new male (laughs) co-host. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show. Helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. I'm Michaela Clark from Tradies VA. It's so good to have my male co-host, Warwick, on the show. <laughs> I'm really in touch with my feminine side. G'day, <laughs> listeners, Warwick here. Now, I'm really excited about today's guest because... I, you know, I do mention this, but uh, Martina and her co-author, Susan, her business partner, really did dramatically change my life by one of their books. I remember sitting in an airport in Newcastle. I was on a plane. It, it couldn't take off and I was reading their book. And just one part of the book that talks about your fears and how to overcome them really just hit me in the face. And I distinctly remember this time because it was just such a powerful message to me about overcoming some fears that I had. So I'm so excited that they've got another book out and this one is just so critical and it's all about paying attention and being in the moment. And with the three kids, the husband and the businesses, it's something I really struggle with. And I'm sure you would as well, Warwick, with the the wife and the kid and the businesses as well. Oh, sorry. I was just checking Facebook while you were talking. But, but it is uh, – <laughs> hey, I keep telling you, I've got more content like that. It's, it, I've got some really good jokes. But it is – it's such a uh, critical topic because as uh, as we talk about, our attention spans are getting shorter and uh, it's becoming a real problem not just for um, business owners but I guess, well, for business owners employing people as well uh, and just how do we juggle all of this stuff. So, yeah, really, really good uh, interview and some great actionable tips in here as well. Yep. So let's start focus, everyone. Let's go. Very excited to welcome today's guest on the show, Martina Sheen. She's the co-founder, author and speaker from Mind Gardener. Uh, Martina is a Brisbane-based author and business advisor who's been changing the way people think for over a decade. She's an engineer by training and has worked in a range of roles from safety through to leadership. Martina and her longtime colleague, Susan Pierce, co-founded MindGarner to expand their passion for waking people up to the power of a clear and focused mind. Boy, don't we all need that. Now, Warwick, her first book, Wide for Life, Retrain Your Brain and Thrive, I can tell you is the only reason this podcast exists today. <laughs> right. It, That's a big claim, Michaela. Yes. And, and welcome it to the is, show, Martina. That's great. <laughs> yes, her book, uh, The Wide for Life book, was really instrumental in me, um, you know, changing the way I think about things and looking at life really differently and putting myself out there. So thank you, Martina, because it's all because of you and Susan that I'm here. 
Well, it's a pleasure, Michaela. Very, very glad to see that someone takes the reins and gets it all out there. Good on you. And I think I think, yeah, I, I think and... I'm thankful. I'm not sure yet. I, I, Michaela and I usually get along pretty well, but uh, I'll reserve that for later. Uh, and her, and your new book is has just hit the bookstores called One Moment Please. It's time to pay attention, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, it's great to have you on here. Thank you. Now, so a little bit about, you know, you're really passionate about helping people wake up and really start to pay attention in their lives and have clarity and a clear mind. How did you get into this area? Gee, that's a long, twisty story because, as you mentioned in the introduction, I'm an engineer originally and... Traditionally, us engineers are not necessarily seen as people, people, um, but maybe that's why I was never a very good engineer. Um, but I think over a series of um, steps where, you know, things just weren't satisfying me. I, I worked in a very big organisation in a safety role, which was great. I learned a lot. Um, I never regret doing engineering, but it was probably a pathway to something a bit different. I'm more interested in the science of people than the science of machines now. And one of the things I've, I've sort of come over that journey to realise is that there's, there's much more challenge and there's more to pioneer yet inside, inside our own minds than there is in a lot of what we do in the world. And, you know, probably everyone knows these days that the, the real experience that most of us are having in the world is it's crazy, it's hard to focus, it's hard to get done the things we really want to get done in a day. And that challenge is now the one that I find the most interesting engineering challenge in the world. So, yeah, mm. long journey from one place to a completely different one. And one important question is, are you a DIYer, Martina? Well, I I sort of, I got really close. I actually did the, the little course, got my certificate, um, because I thought I would renovate my gorgeous little Queenslander. Uh, and I got as close as almost signing the paperwork to get that moving. And I, I just put the pen down and went, this job is too big for me. It's not something I want to do at the moment. And very luckily, around the same time, I met my current husband, who's a builder. So, yeah, sort of, yeah. strategic Don't relationship. I like it. Yeah, it just sort of worked out perfectly. I've always had a plumber in the family. My brother's a plumber, and uh, you know, very handy to have around. So, I like having tradies in my life. Everyone needs a good tradie. <laughs> In their in their family, don't they? I reckon they're indispensable. Yes. <laughs> Except they never come yes. and do. They never come and finish the jobs, do they? Because they're always out busy wow. serving those paying customers was, or something. <laughs> I was I was going to be nice and not mention that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, there's no niceties on this show, Martina. So, Martina, I'm feeling like I should. Uh, shut down Facebook and Twitter and my emails and stop texting people while we're recording this interview so that I actually pay attention and pay homage to the book. But it's it's a bit like that, isn't it? Oh, these days it is. And it doesn't really matter what your role. I think people are bombarded now. Um, technology, mobile technology was pretty much the game changer. Um, prior to that, those who remember, we, 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 yeah, we had email and we even had mobile phones. And before that, we didn't have all that. But there was, it was more like the tap could be turned off. You could go and do what you needed to do with your full attention and then you could come back and turn the tap on. But now we're carrying this device around and it, we call them attention muggers. They're like pickpockets just sort of <laughs> travelling around with you, snapping a piece of your attention away whenever they feel like it. 
not when you want to do it. And this is the dilemma with mobile devices is there there's no time frame control over them. It's it just keeps coming at you like an open floodgate. And they are very addictive. Um this there's definitely research that shows that when we get in a habit, any habit, but particularly technology is very good at this, when we get in a habit of something, our brain goes looking for it even when it's not in front of us. So the technique of just putting your technology aside is definitely a great start. But what a lot of people will probably realise is they start to get anxious. Um, they wonder if they're missing something, if they missed an email, did that call come through? Um, and so the mind is still distracted. So this is where attention is much deeper than we probably realise. It's much more um, than just that sort of stuff that catches our eye um, and catches our ears. It's actually what we're doing with our thoughts at any given time. And so, so yeah, technology is one of the biggest challenges, but by far and away, it's the chatter in our own minds that's probably the most distracting. We, we should actually say to our listeners at this point, uh, if you're doing anything other than listening to this podcast, stop thinking <laughs> about it now. Just stop it, turn it off. Well, if you're driving, don't turn the car off. That'd be disastrous. But <clears throat> but all jokes aside, is, is this is this a new phenomenon for humans martina or like have we always been predisposed to this um attention problem or is this just something with the latest generation i mean what's what's the story there the the tipping point really has come during our generation uh it there's no doubt that we are made to pay attention to things if you if you sort of think about how attention really works it's designed to pick things up in your environment for you so if there's a loud noise behind you you cannot help but turn and look and that's a good thing because it's designed to protect you from you know danger your eyes will catch movement in your peripheral vision so that you don't you know get knocked by something so attention it it's never been uh, it doesn't work like a steady, stable thing. Attention is meant to move around, but it's more like your the way you breathe. You breathe in and out, and that moves around. Attention is supposed to move around your environment to keep you safe. It's meant to go inside so you can think about things and solve problems. Um, but what's happened in the more recent years is the flow of information that's assaulting our attention is drawing our attention away from a lot of the things that we really need to give it to. So um, if you are trying to solve a problem and you're trying to let yourself stay with that problem and go deep, but there's noise behind you, there's phones ringing, there's people tapping you on the shoulder, um, there's worries about something that you hadn't finished that you just jump up and go running and deal with, you never go deep enough to really get to solve the problem. And that's the real phenomenon now is that we're not letting our attention be stable and still because it's so trained to be alert and moving fast in this day and age. Um, and we miss a lot of things. It's when we're stable and deep that we uncover solutions, that we identify what we really want to do next, that we feel content um, and that we're able to be with people. And this is a really important element for everyone and definitely people who deal with customers to be able to be focused on someone when they're trying to communicate with you. If you can't stay with that and be stable with that, you miss so much of what's said 
And that's when things, you know, are done incorrectly, mistakes are made, um, people end up with bad relationships. So attention is a very, very powerful tool that we probably underestimated the value of until our current era when we're starting to realise that no one's paying attention anymore. Yeah, and I found like now for me that if I'm, you know, just sitting watching TV or just sitting or being still that, oh, I should be doing something else, I'm wasting time, you know, which is just ridiculous that I can't just relax and watch TV without checking, you know, my phone or have my laptop on my knees while I'm, you know, watching a program I really enjoy. I just, yeah. It's really hard to just be still and be present now with all these yeah. demands coming to us all the time. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because it's like idol has got a really bad reputation to be idle. Um, but when you look at the definition, it actually means to be at rest. And we know that rest is good for us. Um, yeah. Without rest, we do not perform at, at our best. And so the ability to be idle is really actually a, it's a, it's a skill these days because so many people are not doing it or they're letting themselves lose that space. So, it's it's becoming habitual and the brain is like that whatever you focus on it gets better at and if you focus on a busy mind jumping around dealing with lots of things it gets really good at it and it doesn't like doing the opposite um so the brain is very much like the body and i think one of the messages for everyone is that we all know that when we exercise our body it gets fitter but it takes a while to get into some really good routines but if you stop it gets unfit again and the brain is very much the same. Whatever you get it doing over a period of time, it doesn't take very long. It will get in the habit of feeling comfortable with it, getting better at it, even if it's a bad habit. And when you stop doing it, it'll sort of snap or it'll lose all that ability. So if you stop using your mind in ways that are really good for you, it finds it very hard to get back there. So, Martina, what about some of these performance experts that – claim you can uh you know you can live on four hours sleep a night and all you have to do is drink a special kind of coffee and uh you know do all this multitasking and everything and get more done and achieve more in your life i mean are they are they kind of barking up the wrong tree there wow i mean there's always those odd people who seem to be able to get away with (laughs) short sleep i'm not one of them i can tell you (laughs) i've met some high performers who don't seem to sleep a lot but they're also probably missing out on a lot of other things in their life. They seem to be very, very, very focused on one element of their life. Um, They're very high performing, for example, in business, but um, they don't have a lot of breadth, so they may not have a lot of valuable family time and things like that. So uh, we're all a little bit different in what what we can do, but the reality is multitasking, for example, has been proven to be an inefficient strategy In most cases, there are certain things we can multitask if they're very similar because the brain's using the same sort of pathways to deal with it. But when you're trying to multitask two very different exercises or two things that need different parts of the brain, it's really scattering your attention. And and when you scatter your attention, you really thin it out. And what most people will notice is when they get to that real busy stage or that distracted stage or that overwhelmed stage, They feel like they're disconnected. They feel like they're missing things. That's when you start making mistakes. That's when you start being unable to see what you should do next, even to the point of walking in circles going, what was I going to do? And you become unproductive, low-performing, and 
and it really dissatisfied with life. Um, and that's the biggest concern and the reason we got very focused on this topic is we're having more and more people come for our programs and coaching who had moved past the point of saying, oh, I'm just so busy, to the point of saying, I feel really like life has no meaning anymore, really, really disconnected. It's like everything's in black and white and it's just not worth it. So that was the thing that really got us into this topic, saying it's it's that little simple but powerful tool of attention that so many people are losing control of. And I know from um, myself being a mother and a wife and running businesses and things like that, you know, we pride ourselves on, oh, look, I'm a great multitasker, I can do some great things. And the other night, knowing you were coming on the show, I realised what I was doing. I was cooking dinner in one hand I had my laptop on the other watching something and my son was reading my homework next to me at the kitchen bench. And I just looked and thought, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, yeah. dinner's going to burn. I'm going to make errors on this email I'm typing one-handed and God knows what my son is reading. Like, yes. you know, I should be doing each of these individually, not trying to cram it all into the space of 15 minutes. So, mm. you know... You know, I told my son, stop reading, you know, let's have dinner and then we'll do it afterwards. And I, I did feel much more present and connected with him and he mm. wanted my full attention as well. You know, you see so many people checking their phone while their kids are talking to them and they're like, these guys are craving your attention, mm. you know. It's one of the one of the saddest sort of elements of this this whole package of, of issues is when you see that and I I see that a lot now because I'm really alert to it, just watching families together, parents out with children at coffee shops and things. And, you know, just whether it's devices or whether it's just just not giving attention or saying, yeah, 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 the the moment that attention is withheld, whether it's intentional or not, an anxiety level is actually created, particularly in children, and that's why they start to clamour a little bit more and a little bit harder for attention. So people, you know, they see kids getting noisier and naughtier when they're not given attention. It's because attention is actually a very necessary part of their ability to feel safe so they can explore the world and learn. If they don't feel that that attention is stable and it's it's safe and it's given, they cannot put their attention elsewhere where it is that they will grow from. So if parents are finding their kids clamouring at them, annoying them and all that sort of frustrating stuff that can happen, you'd be amazed at the power of turning and giving pure, simple attention for just a moment will settle a child like that. So it's a very, it's a very physical thing, attention. I, I think everyone knows this. When someone is talking to them and they drift off, you know that they're not paying attention to you anymore because it's a physical connection that's created between us. So this is why I had a friend um, recently tell me that they picked their builder based on the person who paid the best attention to them when they met them all. And what she's really saying is, I, I picked the one who I felt we had this physical connection where information would cross across back and forth and things would get done right and I would feel safe and comfortable. Um, it's a very physical need that we all have to get attention and to receive it, you know, well. Um, we get very frustrated when people don't give us good attention. Mm, it's 
It uh, probably aligns with a principle that <clears throat> coaches and, and uh, those sorts of people teach clients is the way we communicate and more than half of our communication is actually nonverbal. So mm. it requires us to pay attention uh, not just to what we're putting out but to what the other person is giving back to us. And I suppose from a, a business point of view and for all our tradie business owners listening, it's such an easy way to position yourself apart from your competition. Yeah, I, I would advocate that. I, you know, And it goes so far beyond giving the person the experience um, that they feel that you really listen because what you get by listening and not listening with your head going, okay, what am I going to say back and how can I get what I want them to say to me, but actually just listening with no agenda. What you find is that you pick up so much more and when later you go to do something, it's there in your memory. What a lot of people are saying is I can't remember what I did yesterday because they weren't paying attention. So it never made it into the memory banks. Um, that channel wasn't open. And, you know, it's this people taking photos of events and all this sort of stuff to remember it later. Well, that's because they won't remember it. They better have the photo because they weren't paying attention in the first <laughs> place. trying to get the perfect shot um, for Instagram or something. Yeah, so you need the shot to go, well, I went there. I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a really powerful tool that goes beyond just the experience of the interaction because I'm sure that those, those tradies who do that, they probably get the job right first time. They, they understand the person well enough to work out what they need to do next rather than just going by the rule book that they might have done in the, for the past client and just really find that they do their job so much better that it works out better for them in the end. It works out better for the client. Um, and the experience is, is positive. And I, you know, I've seen, you know, anything from as I worked in safety, you know, this is a huge area when we're not paying attention, when we make mistakes and we have accidents. Um, my husband tells me the first thing he was told as a, uh, a young apprentice by the guy who was training him, he would say to him, where are your hands? And he's going, what does that mean? What does that mean? He's going, where are your hands? And he went, it's actually true. He goes, I, he was teaching me to pay attention to what I was doing with my hands so I didn't hurt myself. Um, so, you know, I've seen a lot of accidents that are attention-related uh, right through to quality of job at the end. Um, you know, I, I live in a place where the shower is, uh, it doesn't drain properly because someone hasn't put the tiles in the right way and it's always got water in it and it never drains out properly. And I just, I just know that whoever did that job was not paying attention at some point in that process. I suspect this also is part of the, I'll call it a complaint from employers about employees. And I hear it a lot from my clients is, oh, I've told that guy so many times how to do his job and he just doesn't do it. He doesn't, he doesn't listen. Do you think that's hmm. also part of the problem, Martina? You know, a lot of the reasons we don't listen are we've got an internal chatter going on that says something like, oh, I know better, I already know how to do that or um, "Or I'm thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight or it doesn't matter what it is, but the mind is elsewhere. Um, and a lot of the time it's negative. So, yeah, I mean, I think if someone's told someone uh, quite a few times how to do something they're still not doing it, the channel of communication is not fully open. doesn't matter which side it is. It's not fully open and I, I we teach uh, a lot of leaders, we do a leadership program that's really very focused in this area and leaders come back to us after a while and say, you're so 
right? When I pay attention, they pay attention back better. So I always say to people, if you've got someone who's not paying attention well, give better attention yourself, be more present, more focused, more open with them and just see how it brings someone into you. It's a, it, As I said earlier, it's a physical force, but when you pay attention, people tend to turn to you a bit more as well and open up a bit more. So if they don't, it's because they've got a lot of stuff going on in their head um, and that's a whole other session about what stuff stops us doing what we what we really should be doing. So there you a lot go. Of mindset. Anybody, any employers listening that are complaining about their staff not paying attention, not doing their job right, go get yourself one of those little shaving mirrors and just see who's looking back at you in there because that might be who you need to work on. I've got some clients who listen to the show and uh, this is a shout out to some of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Always going to start by give what's missing, give what's missing first and then see what happens. Mm. So what are some practical tips that we can do to help get our attention back and retrain our brain a little bit to, to be more in the moment? Well, Interestingly, taking on the big stuff is is not the best way to do it. I mean, you know, when we think about, I think everyone could probably say, where in my life am I really not giving as good attention as I as I probably should? Because I say these things are important, but then I don't give attention to them. So there's always something in our lives that, that probably we're imbalanced because we've got very limited attention during a day. There's only so much to give. And unfortunately, gets stolen, frittered away by a lot of the things that don't make a difference at the end of the day. So it's coming back to saying, what is it that is really important? Because when I give attention to something, it is like giving it energy. It's like giving it um, fuel. And am I putting it in the things that really matter? So it's doing a little bit of a stock take first. But to get the habit of giving attention, I always say start with the most mundane day-to-day stuff we do. Um, one of the reasons is because research suggests that we're, the, the time that we go out to sleep, you know, not paying attention or go onto autopilot the most is in the mundane tasks. The body knows the moves, so the brain switches off. So getting your attention sort of healthy again, it's really good to start with things like just when you take a sip of coffee, actually taste it for a moment don't just keep talking or typing or writing or whatever you're doing but just for a moment pause and taste the coffee um when you're cleaning the teeth you know it's one of the tasks i bet none of us pay attention to we just do it on autopilot but if you just for a moment give your attention to it it's interesting how suddenly you're awake and you're back in the present and you're out of your head or whatever it else is that you're doing um the other really good way to even understand how, how little we pay attention is to start paying attention to the people that you pass through the day who often are overlooked, the person at the cash register when you go to pay for your petrol. You might exchange some words, but are you really paying attention? Are you really hearing them, looking at them as if they're the only thing in that moment? Um, the person, even the homeless people on the street, most of us walk past and sort of sidle along. And but to just turn and actually see them and nod and acknowledge them, it's it's interesting how many people we pass in our day, we really don't give 
full attention to. So I just say spread the moments throughout the day. Don't go for the really big stuff and try and stay focused. Just moments on the things that we don't realize we're missing until we start noticing them. And then you'll, you'll have the motivation because the day starts to become more interesting. Uh, you see the blue sky that you hadn't been seeing while you're driving around angry. Um, you sort of feel the breeze and you go, Oh, I've been whinging about summer, but that breeze is quite nice, you know, and it just starts to change the experience and it motivates you to see that attention actually is a really useful thing to have back in your life. Yeah, I know one thing that um, you guys taught me was to, you know, the pausing before you do things. So now when the phone rings, instead of, you know, typing and then just quickly grabbing it, not even thinking about it, I actually stop, put my hand on the receiver and just, you know, wait a second or two and just then focus on the phone call. And Mm -hmm. I found just little things like that really do make a, a really big difference. And I know I'm really aware of, you know, feeling the wind on my face or all those sensory things now when I'm walking along and, and listening for things. And it is something that it takes a while to get into the groove of, but it really does just make you appreciate and be grateful for more things as well. Yeah, it do, it, it is. It's, it is like physical training. It, in the beginning, it feels really weird. It's uncomfortable, odd, and you think this isn't doing anything for me. But after a few weeks, you look back and you realise you're able to pay attention to things better and it's really quite rewarding. Uh, it is like feeling fit physically. You feel attention fit. It's a, it's a physical um, experience. And finding little triggers like that, like a phone ringing, as a, it's like an alarm. Am I paying attention? What am I paying attention to now? Walking through a doorway, we walk through doorways all day. If you walk, every time you walk through a doorway, you just said, where is my attention right now? Bring it back here. And notice my next footstep. Where am I? What am I giving my attention to? Um, and you can steer your attention really well if you just catch it every now and again and bring it back to what you want it to be on. And it will—it's trainable. That's good news. (laughs) So we're not doomed if uh, we've got three devices running and a three-year-old toddler in our ear and we're cooking dinner at the same time. We can actually change that. Yeah, we can. And look, I, I don't advocate people trying to get rid of stuff because life is what it is. And it's very hard to just get rid of things like the devices. I mean, yes, you can, you can put some rules around them, but it's more about being in control of your attention so that when you have, you know, three or four things going on at once, whenever you're at one of them, you're giving it full quality, even if only for a moment. And then you flick to the next one and you give that full quality and you're making conscious choices the whole time rather than being ripped and pulled by the things attacking your attention and taking it from you. So it's just about getting back in control. Mm-hmm. My husband will be so happy to hear that now, that the dinner won't be burnt as much. <laughs> as much. I like that. It won't be burnt as much. <laughs> Only occasionally. <laughs> yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to do it every day, I know. Yeah. So, Martina, one of the questions we love to ask our guests on the Tradies Business Show is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what would be perhaps your one or two uh, great pieces of advice? What would you like to impart upon those tradies? (sighs) Well, you know, I think it's just attend to what matters most. You know, like we don't actually stop and ask ourselves this question. At any given point in the day, there's, some, there's one thing that matters more than other things. 
And if you're, if you know it is, if it's a thing and it's not what's getting your attention, then why not? Because if it's the thing that matters most, then it's the thing that should be getting most of your attention in that moment. So I'd, I'd suggest to people to just occasionally say, I can't do everything today because most of us are trying to take on too much. But what matters most right now in this moment, and that's what I'm going to give my attention to. And obviously during work, it'll be something about it. It could be the paperwork. It could be the client coming in next. It could be the, the actual technical work you're working on. But just give it that attention for that moment. When it's at home, it could be that you're trying to do the paperwork, but your child's coming up going, I want to show you what I did at school today. You can give your attention to that because that really does matter most. And then you can give it back to the other thing. I mean, only you can make that choice, but to ask yourself the question, what matters most in this moment and am I giving it my attention? It'll just help you to readjust and navigate. Mm, it's such a great question to ask. And <clears throat> I, uh, I read a lot and practice a lot around mindfulness and, uh, and living presently, which is really, I guess, what you're talking about, Martina. But just asking that yeah. simple question can be so very powerful just to create that pause um, before yes. we sort of launch into something just on autopilot. So great words of advice, Martina. Um, now, you guys are so passionate about this that you've written a book and uh, it's out now on uh, on bookshelves yeah. everywhere, hopefully. Yes. But <laughs> yes, and if they if you walk into one and they don't have it, get get them to order it in. <laughs> File a complaint. Tell them they're not paying attention to the File Tradies Business Show yes. podcast and they should be stocking your book. But uh, where can, can people find out more about um, the book, one moment, please, and uh, and about you guys as well. Okay, so our website is mindgardener.com, all one word, and gardener spelt like the garden, gardener, <laughs> mindgardener.com. And there's a, a profile on the book. There's a couple of little extracts from the book, um, and we also have a one-day program called The Art of Paying Attention based on the book. And, uh, a, you know, you can follow us from there if you're Facebook, know twitter person they can find the links um, you can sign up for our newsletter one of the things that we're very conscious of when we write in this book it's actually a bit shorter it's a fair bit shorter than our first book because we said it has to be attention friendly um and we're also conscious with the social media of being attention friendly so if you do get involved with us you won't be overwhelmed with stuff it'll it'll be helpful tips so we look forward to anyone who would love to join the community and um, sort of work with us to pretty much save a threatened resource on our planet today, this amazing thing called attention. Mm. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Martina. I managed to pay attention for the whole time. And uh, if, if any of our <laughs> listeners uh, are still here, they've done the same. So congratulations to those people. But um, jokes aside, it is really, really important. I know having a, a three-year-old daughter, uh, I have to be really careful about, um, you know, doing what Michaela was talking about before because I do notice a difference in her behavior as well. So um, great stuff. Uh, listeners, go check it out, uh, Mind Gardener. And, um, and the book is One Moment, Please. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show, Martina. Thanks. Thank you, Warwick. Thank you, Michaela. So there you have our interview with Martina Shin, uh, all about how to basically how to focus, uh, pay attention. And I think the biggest thing for me is really it comes down to, I love that cup of coffee thing, um, cup of coffee thing. I can't even say it. I'm so excited. But actually, when you take a sip of your coffee or whatever it is, just taste it. We're in such a rush these days that 
we just miss all of these great moments, whether it's with our kids, our loved ones, eating a meal, going for a surf, whatever it is, to actually savour each moment and um, and just take the time to pause a little bit. So some awesome stuff in there. And it's like when you have a shower. I don't know if this happens to you, Warwick, but probably not. You don't have a lot of hair. But for me, it's <laughs> like I just zone out and I wash my hair. Then I can't remember if I've even washed it because I'm so all over the shop. So even just standing in the shower, you know, feeling the water, taking it all in and just trying to have a bit of clarity. And I've started doing that. It really does make a difference. So, uh, and I, you know, do have clean hair and more shampoo because I'm not doing it two and three times. So, <laughs> so money-saving tips as well, Michaela. It is, it is. So Martina also goes on in our members area. We have a bit of extended edition of the show, really talks about some more practical strategies that you can do to become more focused and be present in the moment and also talks about stats on attention and why it's so short now and it's really quite eye-opening about where we're going and and how long kids' attention spans are. It's unbelievable, Mm. really. And also uh, she went into some great detail about how to get our employees uh, working more effectively, basically, um, with a simple technique that we can implement ourselves as uh, as employers. So some awesome content in the extended interview that you'll find in the Tradies Business Show members area, which is the big sum of $1 for the first 30 days, and it's only 10 bucks a month after that. So there'll be extended interviews like the one from today. Uh, you'll get access to our private Facebook group, so you'll be able to ask questions not just of Michaela and myself, but of the rest of the group members as well and tap into some of the collective uh, brains trust there. And Michaela and I will also be running monthly webinars uh, to help you uh, really ramp up your tradie business and help you get off the tools and uh, into that lifestyle that you're chasing. So um, go check it out. It's at tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash members. And you're not locked into anything, so if you don't like it, you can just uh, you can leave. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, and if you want to find out more about One Moment, please and grab your copy. Make sure to head to mindgardener.com or we'll also have the links on the show notes at tradiesbusinessshow.com. And that's it for today. So off, don't cook dinner tonight and check your Facebook at the same time. Just stir the pot. Be My the tip moment. of the day. Good stuff. <laughs> Until next time. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're on. Bye. Hey, Bye. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.